I'm Kim Schmidt, Managing Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode, brought to you by Iron Solutions, host Casey Seymour of Moving Iron LLC, along with Regina Narges of 21st Century Equipment, talk with market analyst Rich Passan. If you're tuning in for the first time, I encourage you to subscribe via iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn Radio. By subscribing, you're alerted when each upcoming episode is released. Before we turn things over to Casey, a quick word from Iron Solutions, who's making this podcast a reality. Iron Solutions provides dealers with an array of life cycle management services that drive sales and profits. Their Iron Search and Iron Guides are all about managing your dealership more efficiently and profitably, while Iron Search allows you to directly showcase your equipment online to a wider universe of buyers. Visit www.ironsolutions.com today. Casey, Regina, and Rich start things off talking about the current state of the ag market and Rich's take on some of the trends we're currently seeing in the market and some reasons to be optimistic. They also touch on the potential impact a trade war could have on the U.S. economy. All right, Rich, well, give us, tell me a little bit about yourself and, and give me a little bit of your background. Okay, over the past 30 years, I've worked in agriculture starting out on the farming side and then migrated over to more of the commercial side, processing, buying, as well as selling a variety of commodities, and then got involved in risk management, hedging, and that's where I learned that uh, I had a unique approach on how to analyze markets. A firm believer in the business cycle that uh, relates to free market systems. And so that's been the primary focus for quite a few years. And it's been very helpful to trying to figure out some of the twists and turns in our economy as well as the markets. All right, man. So let's jump right in here. So let's talk about the current state of the ag market. There's a lot of stuff going on right now all across the board. So give me your opinion of what you see happening and what are some trends you see out there that are leading us into a good or a bad cycle here? On the long-term side, we've had about five to seven years now of declining markets, and that is impact margins, of course. And that's partially due to production ramping up faster than the demand. And so it's depressed things. And you can look at the percent change in U.S. farm assets, debt, and equity. And you can just see over the last five, seven years, that percent change is in decline. So in other words, assets are growing at a slower and slower pace. So is the debt, because that's putting pressure on people not to borrow, because they're getting pressured. So it really hasn't been that good of a picture, and yet you look back over the last 20 years, we've had some fascinating bull markets, high profitability times, and the global economy continues to grow. So there's a reason to be optimistic. I'm actually a super cycle bull on demand, but it's just we're going to have moments when production just overtakes that demand side, and that's what we're seeing here. If you look at history, and we've had a history going back a couple hundred years for some of these markets and portions of the ag economy as well as the total economy. And you can just see in commodities that normally five to seven years of declining performance or poor performance or soft performance, that's normally an extreme. And so it's about time for an uptick at least, something a little bit better than what we've been seeing here lately. I think that'll mostly relate to maybe crop issues or some kind of supply issue that pulls back supply. But at the same time, we can see the global economy has been lagging the U.S. economy and just now trying to catch up. So if something doesn't go wrong here, it's quite possible in the next two or three years that global economy is going to pick up enough that you're going to see these global commodity traders just fighting for better prices, better margins. And all that's going to do is translate or trickle back to the farm end as well to help support prices. So personally, I think we've got some stability here on the farmer's side in terms of margins and revenue. 
but we also have to discuss some of the other issues that are negative here, such as on the political trade war stuff. But right at the moment, I'm feeling rather optimistic that things are trying to bottom out here for the ag economy. Now, again, if you're looking for a sizable increase, I think you have to assume it's mostly in the grains. It's mostly going to be from some kind of a supply issue. And I have cycles as well saying that, yeah, we're probably due for a crop problem as well. And if you go back and study 200 years of prices in, in relation to the economy, you find most of the time it has to be a supply issue to really put those prices higher. It's difficult to get demand to put prices significantly higher. Uh, in the 2000s, yes, we saw one of the rare opportunities when that all came together with extreme China demand, mega expansion in the ethanol industry. And then investors realizing commodities were dirt cheap by 2005. So that really created a huge surge where we had record high prices for many commodities. And yet it wasn't like we were short on supply. In fact, we kept making more and more supply as those prices went higher. But again, that's a rare occurrence. Today, we're back to where, yeah, if you really want higher prices, we've got to trim that supply a bit. Demand's probably not going to grow fast enough to do it by itself. But there's definitely some reasons to be optimistic. I'll now switch over from the ag economy to the total economy. And what I've learned with 30 years of analysis here and dealing with markets, basically the economy grows for like seven to 12 years, and then you have a recession for one to three years. And you can just see this works back to like the year 1800. I don't see anything standing in the way that. To me, that's how things work. So what we're up against is I just said, yeah, I think we're going to see some improvement for the ag economy. Well, the total economy is due for recession anytime from now into 2021. That's the latest it should occur. This time around, I think it's going to be a mild recession. And I also went back and looked at recessions and found that commodities quite often can shrug off recessions better than you think. Now, if you have high prices of commodities, yes, they're going to take a hit. They're coming down on the fast side. Today's prices of commodities, uh, yeah, you could argue the energies, the crude oil are kind of high right now, so they would probably take a significant hit off a recession. But something like corn, wheat, soybeans, they're not really high price. So I seriously doubt if a recession struck this year or next year, and I think it's probably going to wait a couple of years, but let's say it did strike this year, I seriously doubt we'll see much of an impact. I can't remember the specific year, but there was a recession I found when uh, corn prices only dropped 20 cents. Well, you could see they go up and down 20 cents every year anyways. Right. So there was no, you know, it'd be improper to label that as, oh, that was a recession. You might as well say that was normal business. I also learned there was a recession when global corn demand dropped less than 1%, even though there was a recession. So I don't want to scare people thinking, oh, here we are, finally time for agriculture to start improving. And then and now I'm also saying, well, we could have a recession with the U.S. economy. This time around, I just don't think it's really going to impact. I think agriculture has already gone through its recession and it's time for some improvement here. And if we can just keep the recession away for a couple more years, it does look like this global economy can grow unless we get in some trade issues. Right. Okay. So let's say that the trade war escalates. Would that escalate this ramp up into a maybe into a recession because of that? Yeah, I'm. I'm more concerned of it impacting the overall economy than I am necessarily uh, the agriculture economy. But it certainly can, on a short term basis, impact agriculture prices. If we really shut down our exports because of a trade war, then. I tried to find some history of what did it do. And all I could find was back in the early 80s when we had the Russian grain embargo. Mm -hmm. 
to see corn fell like 40 cents in just a week or two. So a significant drop, almost like record pace drop. But it was interesting over the next three to four weeks, it brought back most of that decline. And then it was a much slower decline over the remaining of the year. And you could argue that decline was because the U.S. economy was kind of a little bit in recession. We were fighting inflation. So everyone was trying to fight higher commodities, higher labor costs, things like that. So I came to the conclusion that when we, if we get breaking news of something that's really gone bad with this trade issue, yes, we've got some short-term volatility. Bottom can, you know, the floor can fall out on these markets. But just fascinating. Once things calm down, people realize, you know, what, we still have to eat. We still have to do business. The commodities are still going to flow, and then the prices are probably just going to recover. So what you have to worry about is there any long-term impact from that? And my guess, when you take a look at someone like China, they import 60% of the world's soybeans. But if you look at their balance sheet, they probably only have a cushion there of about 50 to 70 days of usage. So it's obvious that if they ever wanted to shut down because of the trade war, it's only going to take a couple of months and they've got to come back and purchase soybeans. And even if they could buy all their beans from Brazil, Brazil wouldn't have enough. So all those buyers of Brazil are just going to come over to U.S., Right. So this is a negative, but I guess my only fear at the moment is it's just a short term problem for prices and that it will resolve over time. I don't have much else to say that other than we got to watch it. It's certainly something that could spoil things here this year. And I must say also the same thing for NAFTA. President Trump wants to pull us out of NAFTA. I don't doubt we're going to have a short term scare and put those prices down at a fast pace. But again, we exported before NAFTA. And people are just going to say, you know what, we're still going to export. We still got to do business. And I think it'll just bring those prices back. So to me, a long-term problem from all of this is would be more subtle, where year or two down the road, you wake up and just say, you know, we just haven't been selling as much as we used to. But I just don't think it can be a, a severe problem. To me, at this trade war issue, personally, I think President Trump is trying to fix more for manufacturing because we really haven't been that much of a disadvantage in agriculture. We've been doing pretty good with NAFTA and our China relations. The fallout for this may be more of the rest of the economy. Right. So I see more risk to the total economy than I do agriculture. It's just that, yeah, we could certainly have some short-term headaches here if they want to push us forward. And, and you can see even as of this week, I think it was the CEO of Bungie, big global grain trader, uh, just said that the U.S. is not selling beans to China. It has stopped. But again, if you do the math, it can't stay that way for quite a while. But it is something to be nervous about. It definitely can cause some problems here to my idea that, hey, it's time for the ag economy to recover that. Yeah, I mean, especially if China only has a 50 to 70 day cushion of soybeans out there. You're right. I mean, I've read those articles and it said South American could not supply the amount of soybeans that they need. So they're going to absolutely have to buy it from someplace else and that would have to be us. There is a little bit of silver lining there, it sounds like. Yeah. I also learned today that April imports of soybeans by China fell 13%. So sure, they sent a lot more business to Brazil, but they were paying much higher prices than they normally would. And the supplies are fairly good in China. China has overproduced on their hog side. So uh, their hog margins are getting tighter as well. So I think you've seen their domestic man back off a little bit. And I think they, even though they're buying more from Brazil, they said, well, we better not get too carried away and buy a huge amount. So overall, it, it sounds like actually their imports have dropped, period. 
all they've done is just taken a little bit more that we would have normally had here in the U.S. So, again, I think in a couple more months, we'll probably see China trying to work a better deal and get back online here. But I just hope to me, this whole trade issue, I fully understand why President Trump wants a better deal for the U.S. I've heard for many years some very smart people spending a lot of money on research, suggesting that we've been at a disadvantage. But I'm a little concerned that the best we could make is 25 cents and perhaps lose a dollar. And I've been thinking that for quite some time, and I just hope someone else is thinking that too. I hope we do get something. I fully understand why some are going for it, but I hope they understand the risk. I'm an investor myself, and I don't care for anything that could lose me a dollar and I can only make 25 cents. And that's what I'm kind of a little bit nervous that they're not looking at it that way. So we'll see as times develop. We've got my hopes and optimism here. And, and like I say, even if this trade war continues on here and you can really see it starting to eat into our selling capability of our agriculture products, I would just want to point out that we're also due for a crop problem here this year or next, was my best analysis. And that can put prices considerably higher, even though we're losing a little bit on the exports. So again, that can trickle back, help the ag economy for a while. But as we all know, if you're going to put prices straight up, that's going to buy more production. And then later out, you, <laughs> later on, you've got another fallout, right? But you could just see the market is set up. If we could just get over this trade issue, things are set up for at least a little improvement to quite a bit improvement if we ever had a crop up. We'll get back to Casey, Regina, and Rich in a moment. But first, a quick word from the company who made this podcast possible. Iron Solutions has deep roots in the ag industry with products for producers, dealers, manufacturers, ag retailers, and service providers. Visit www.ironsolutions.com to see solutions that streamline your operations, improve productivity, reduce costs, and speed your growth. Casey, Regina, and Rich started their conversation discussing how supply will need to be reduced if we want to see any significant improvement in grain prices. While the ag economy may start to improve, Rich says the overall economy is due for a recession. Now here's Casey with a quick message about moving iron. Hello, I'm Casey Seymour, and I want to thank Farm Equipment Magazine for partnering with me to bring you the Farm Equipment Podcast Series, Use Equipment Remarketing Roadmap. The podcasts are taken from my weekly podcast, Moving Iron Podcast. Moving Iron Podcast is a podcast designed for ag equipment dealers by ag equipment dealers. The weekly podcast focuses on current events and trends across the ag equipment marketplace in North America. Along with dealers, I interview the biggest names in the ag industry. Chip Nellinger of Blue Reef Aga Marketing is a regular guest talking about commodity markets and risk management. You can also hear guests like Greg Machinery Pete Peterson and Tyne Morgan of the U.S. Farm Report. If you are in the ag equipment business or have an interest in the ag equipment business, this is a must listen for you. You can find the podcast at movingironllc.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. Also at movingironllc.com, you can find information on the 2018 Moving Iron Summit in Las Vegas, past and current episodes of Moving Iron Podcast, and articles from the Moving Iron blog. Throughout the year, there will be guest bloggers writing on various topics from their point of view. You can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, or you can find me on LinkedIn. And if you would like, you can send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out. Thanks, Casey. Let's get back to the program now and listen in as Casey, Regina, and Rich talk about the potential for crop problems this year and how that could impact corn and soybean yields and prices. They also look at the global ag economy and supply and demand. 
Well, all the weather models show that this summer the western corn belt is supposed to be very hot and very dry, so you might have your crop problem you're talking about there. I know. I, I've got some models that they're up to like 80 to 90 percent probability. You know, still doesn't mean they'll work. Got an interesting model. It goes back to year 1866 using USDA's corn yield data, and it sets up a little window, and 100 percent of the time, I think those five-year windows have occurred something like 14 times since 1866. Every time there were one to three crop problems in it. We're in that window and the deadline is next year. So I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to bet against something that's been 100% right, but I suppose you should also consider, well, if it's been 100% right, it's probably going to be wrong someday. Right. But right at the moment, and I'm definitely watching weather very close. I, I think we could see a 7 to 12% cut in corn yield, something similar for beans. Granted, if a farmer uh, was stuck in the worst of that, then he might not be so pleased. Maybe prices wouldn't rise fast enough to help him offset that crop. But in general, agriculture benefits from those events. And in my opinion, it's the way the free market system resets everything, gives everybody a chance to get caught up. And if this trade issue and recession doesn't interfere, I just feel like, yeah, weather's going to give a chance for farmers to get some better profits and get caught up here. If yields were off that much, 12 to 14 percent, like you're saying there, What's your projection of what you could see happen in, in the markets because of that? I mean, do you see a dollar rise in price or do you see 40 cents? I mean, what's your gut feel for what that outcome would be? How it should work as long as uh, the rest, uh, recession doesn't come in and interfere far more than I've seen in past history. And as far as this trade war, perhaps causing problems. But if it, the way it should work is I think corn can go to 5 to maybe even $7. I would like to think even higher than that. But let's face it, we started out with the highest ending stocks here as of last year since the 1980s. Yeah. So, you know, we're starting from a level of bigger supplies and you're going to knock that down. But it, it won't be as quite as bullish as, as prior years. And again, if the trade war were to work through all that time, people will be wondering, well, how good is our exports going to be, so I don't want to get too bold up here. And you also have to keep in mind these bull markets quite often, they only last six to 12 months and then prices go down three years too. But that that's what I'm dialing as a chance for five to $7 corn, maybe $14 beans, even though there's a lot of beans in the world. But soybeans is an inelastic market when you study economics. They never go as low as everybody thinks. And it's fascinating how quickly they can rise on any kind of a supply worry. You know? Yeah. So. Well, I hope farmers, uh, you know, I hope they can make the best out of it if it occurs. But <laughs> I just keep thinking, yeah, but at the same time, you don't want to don't want to be too bullish for too long either, because it does buy production. Once again, that kind of characteristic. Yeah, I hope something does influence the price. You know, they always say everyone wants a drought except for on their land. And, right. You know, so I'm in that western part of the Corn Belt, the far western part of the Corn Belt and. Right now, we've gotten plenty of rain. We've gotten lots of good moisture. You know, we could always use more, but we had rain the other night. So things are clipping right along, but that out here, that stuff can shut off about as fast as it gets turned on. So I hope we can see $5 corn. That'd be great. But when that does come, you know, we have enough time for the markets to catch up to kind of offset what you don't grow. So, all right. So let's jump into some of the bright spots you see in the ag economy and in the overall economy. Yeah, if we can put aside the, the trade issue, to me, the big one here is is what's going on in the global scene. We've seen Argentina have a crop problem. We've seen Brazil farmers cut back on their plantings of corn this year in the sense of poor margins. 
And then they've also had a little bit of a crop issue. They've got something going right now in southern Brazil. So it's really pulling down the global supply of corn. Even though soybeans is still large, it's also backing off somewhat, primarily because of Argentina, because they probably have lost 30% of their crop. But on the demand side, I don't think you can show numbers of a huge increase, but it's, it's a little bit better, a little bit of an increase. But really, on the demand side, it's more of an attitude change. You're seeing some of these large global traders like Glencore and probably Cargill and ADMs of the world. You can just see everybody wants a better margin. This has gone on long enough now that it's not just a farmer. It's trickling down through the system towards the end user of just pinching margins. And you can just see these companies are buying one another out, trying to create a better advantage. And they normally do that during poor times. And it's just consolidation of the industry. And uh, it just feels like to me they're, they're even thinking, you know, there's an opportunity here. This can't last much longer. There's got to be an opportunity here to get a little better price. So the point is, if they take that attitude, they're going to try to do it. But as long as that global economy is growing and some of the statistics I use, I like to use manufacturing indicators that are put out every month. They're called PMIs. They're looking pretty good. They did have a stumble in April, but the May one that just came out here a few days ago actually showed a bit of a rebound from that April drop. So it just feels like to me on the global side, people are starting to sense the fact that, you know what, commodities have really lagged the economies way behind the stock market. And I just think they're going to try to do better at asking for a better price. And the consumer is there. The money's there, especially in this country. Our consumer confidence and sentiment ratings are quite high. Now, that's a warning. The yeah, recession's coming someday. That's the obvious. But the point is, right today, they're on the high end, meaning the consumer has money, is more confident, feeling a little safer, going to spend that money. Unemployment's down to 3.9%, that's about as low as it gets. So that's also a warning. Yeah, someday that's going to have to come up on us. But right today, though, you just have to say, hey, this is a pretty decent economy. If we don't dial in the crop problem, then it just feels like the ag economy can at least be stable here, perk up a little bit, just because of this demand picking up because of the global economy and I just wanted to ask a question about where interest rates are going to be heading and how that's going to play in the marketplace and how that's going to influence the struggles going into the end of the year. Yeah, I think the 10-year notes up to 3%. That's one of my favorite benchmarks. And I do see it working higher this year. Some people are scared it's just going to surge because they're watching inflation. And when you get into the late phase of the business cycle ahead of a recession, which is where we're at, and Wall Street is discussing this almost weekly now that we're in the late phase. During the late phase, yes, interest rates go higher, but so does inflation. And investors are saying, you know what? Commodities usually go higher at that time, too. So, you know, most of us are scared of hearing higher interest rates. Oh, that's going to hurt business. But it really doesn't in that late inflation. Just before a recession is possible to get interest rates too high and it hurts the economy. But right today, I see a little bit of a sweet spot here where interest rates won't rally fast enough to really hurt the economy, especially this year. If the economy wants to hang in all the way to 2020 and then we have the recession, we'll probably learn, yes, interest rates got too high just ahead of the recession. But right today, I'm not seeing that. Today, they were even saying the stock market's feeling a little better because it kind of feels like the Fed Reserve is going to raise rates not as fast as they thought because inflation's not increasing that fast a pace. It is something you have to watch. It's a two-edged sword. On one hand, higher interest rates are actually a sign of a good economy. And like I say, you can then have higher inflation and you can have better, better commodity prices. But at some point, interest rates do get too high. But I don't think that's going to be the case this year. 
if we continue down the same path we're going and your recession that you talk about does come, do you see more fun money coming out of the stock market and over into the commodity market more? And maybe that could prop up some prices. Yeah, we're already seeing some renewed interest. In fact, one of the biggest of bond traders, well-respected, came out a couple months ago and said, we're in the late stage of the business cycle and you got to start thinking about commodities and some of these commodities move up 100%. And I have no idea if he actually invests in commodities, but he's been uh, pretty bold at saying you got to consider a possibility the commodity is going to catch up as we come near the end of this business cycle. So you know, it looks like the stock market has stalled out since January and I'm a little suspicious. It's not necessarily going to perform that well to the upside. I don't want to say I'm bearish by no means, but to me, as it slows its pace, these fund managers are going to say, where's the next opportunity? And if you look at something that $3.50 corn hasn't gone for quite, you know, hasn't gone anywhere for quite some time, you got to start thinking, you know, chances are I can make 50, 20, or anywhere from 20 to 50% out of that. Am I really going to make another 20 or 50% out of stocks? Probably not. The stock market's kind of a little bit ahead of the economy right now. And so, again, that'll just make them diversify their portfolios. Thanks, Casey, Regina, and Rich. We've got even more used equipment remarketing resources that we're sending your way. In addition to this podcast, we're also tapping into Casey's expertise across all of our informational channels, including an Ask the Expert feature on our website, where you can ask him your questions directly. Check it out at farm-equipment.com backslash asktheexpert. Thanks once again to Iron Solutions for sponsoring this series. Iron Solutions provides dealers like you with an array of lifecycle management services that drive sales and profits. The Iron Search and Iron Guide suite of solutions is all about managing each dealership more efficiently and profitably, while Iron Search allows you to directly showcase your used equipment online to a wider universe of buyers. Visit www.ironsolutions.com today. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when future episodes are released. You can also keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. We hope you'll tune in with us for our next episode on July 5th. For Casey, Regina, and Rich, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.